Hey, welcome to a new edition of Kalari Drops, or aka the Social Aware Nightmare. I'm your host, Kalari, aka Tanisa. As you can hear, my voice is getting a lot better. I still have a bit of lingering pressure between my eye and nose, so I'm not going to do like a lot of uh, broadcasting just yet. Plus, as I realized in the last cast, and then trying to force myself to get back into my broadcasting routine with Snatching Edges, I'm not mentally ready for this. And pushing myself because I want to, you know, not let people down and pushing myself because I want to try to prove to people that everything's all right. That's not going to help me. It's going to further push the break that I was going through and I don't need it. You know, I had my birthday a few days ago. I turned 43 years old. And on that day, my mom decided that, hey, I'm going to threaten you with a police wellness check because you completely cut me off out of your life. So I had a lot to wrestle through. It has been a rough year for everybody. I know that. But I've just been going through it a lot with my mental health. And I finally am at a point where a lot of the toxicity has been cut out of my life. I am surrounded by people who actually give a crap about my mental health, who give a crap about my health in general, and who don't want me to push myself to a point of breaking again. And I'm going to start listening to them. Now, does that mean I want to give up every creative endeavor that I do? No. I know that I want to keep drawing and practicing animation. I want to keep doing these drops every once in a while. I definitely want to keep at this. And I appreciate all the new subscribers. Um, I just got notification that, yet again, people are following this cast. So I definitely don't want you thinking that I'm not going to put out content. It's just I have to do things at a decent pace and right now it has been hard it has been hard dealing with personal stuff because family has been hard dealing with trying not to let the coronavirus uh affect me and my son i've fought viral virus affections in my sinuses i've had to deal with you know just the trauma of once again seeing black bodies used and hurt and then you have on top of that these people who have been following me for years some of them because of political stuff some of them from my gaming days who are just showing their whole ass with prejudice and racism and this is why I'm worried even as we fight to get rid of Trump which I'm going to fight tooth and nail to get this man out in November we still have people who are very complacent with doing and saying racist things. And I made a vlog the other day because I was so upset with people who are a fan of a certain Massachusetts senator who are going full racist. And some people will go, oh, no, they're bots. You can't know it's Russia. No, these are actual white people who have been following me for years, they put BLM in their comments, they want to talk about unity, and they're always the same 
pattern type white people. And I tell, I warn them every time they follow me that you will follow me based on one tweet that you like or something that went viral. You think I'm one of your friends. And then I really go hard about bigotry, whether it's racism or being a turf or um, any kind of anti-LGBT. Anytime I confront people on bigotry in whole, I hit that nerve, they feel attacked, and then we go back and forth until I end up blocking them. Because they can't stand having that light shined on them. And while I keep explaining to people, especially people who take the risk to follow me, because I do have followed me at your own risk on my Twitter, is that being anti-racist and being pro-equality means you've got to improve yourself. I learned a long time ago that I was not a good ally to the LGBT back in the day, especially. Some of the stuff that I used to watch, some of the stuff I used to say, some of the stuff I used to laugh at, I cringe at now. And I realized as I got older, how how could I uh, bitch about feeling like shit when people used to say affirmative action higher or, you know, they let you into this workplace to me and then not say anything when people who are LGBT were being mocked and joked and attacked and going through that, you know? I feel like if I'm going to try to be there for people, I can't pretend like I wasn't in the wrong. That's not how you grow. And if you're not willing to self-reflect, and if you're not willing to change things about yourself that you see is a pattern that leads towards the status quo and the bigotry that hurts people, then you're not an ally. And these people who are for Warren, I'm not against you back in Elizabeth Warren. That's your personal thing. I don't like her. And I said in the blog, I can list a multitude of things of why, but those are only two-minute pieces because Twitter doesn't really allow you to go over two minutes, 30 seconds without there being issue. So I'm going to state three main reasons why I am not a fan of Elizabeth Warren and why I fear that people who back her are going to cause this issue in politics in the future because of it. One of the main reasons I don't like Elizabeth Warren is because she reminds me of every white person I ever had to deal with once I became an adult and went into the adult workplace. And when I say adult workplace, I don't mean sex work. I'm not trying to not sex work, but I know some people be like, adult workplace, what do you mean? I mean, going into an actual corporate job, you know, I was in the finance department. It really shouldn't have been a cutthroat thing. You start out as a money counter, and you move your way up. And I did that. It took years to do that. And it took transfers to do that. And why is somebody texting me all of a sudden? <sighs> anyway. As I was saying, it takes time to develop yourself and, you know, figure out where you want to go in such a setting. And being the only black person in the office was hard enough. But then having white people who 
openly said that the only reason why I was there was because I was black. So openly getting mad whenever I something I did actually helped get stuff done better was troubling in itself. And I ended up butting heads a lot of times and having to navigate, oh, she's just angry or, oh, you know, just a lot of issues that I couldn't understand as a young black woman because I wasn't prepared for how viper like, especially white women could be on such a job, how they could utilize their tears and say things like, oh, she was being hostile to me, and it be believed. And I know I'm not the only woman, black women or POC, who have gone through this, but seeing people like Warren just reinforced that memory of going through that. And I know that seems superficial, but it leads into her actions during the 2019 primary. Between taking people's ideas, going on the attack, joining with the person she thought was going to be the most popular, who ended up stabbing her in the back too, which was the Sanders campaign. I mean, it was clear from the get-go that Bernie's a straight-up misogynist, but Liz wanted to hitch her wagon to the revolution. And she didn't care that the revolution didn't want any parts of her. She was taking people's uh, ideas and calling them her plans, and they were half-assed plans. Anytime somebody did something genuine, she stunted right after. And when I say stunted, there is no effing reason a 70-year-old white woman needed to be in a black barbershop after watching a colleague do it with ease because she's been in black barbershops, and I'm referring to Kamala Harris, she was in there listening. She didn't have a whole bunch of fucking cameras watching her Richard Attenborough through a barbershop session like Liz Warren did. It was so cringy watching that woman ask the stupidest questions to people just trying to get their hair cut. But yet people took that, people took her wearing a rainbow boa, people took her taking her dog to a BLM protest as her showing coalition with marginalized groups. And it's like, you've got to stop showing flash as substance. You've got to stop ex- uh, uh, elevating somebody who isn't worth it as the same level as somebody who does the fucking work. And I see it all the time. Somebody who says stuff, but has nothing going for them, being raised to the same level as somebody who's been working in the trenches and doing stuff towards progress, towards equality, towards unity. And it's got to stop. But it's not because Liz Warren makes certain white women feel better about their choices. White women who are married to Republicans. White women who might still lean towards Republican leaning. White women who want to see themselves in that VP position. Just like black women who want to see ourselves in that VP position, there is nothing wrong with wanting to see your own representation. The problem I have is you've had a chance to have a white woman as president and you fucking dogged her out and let sexism, misogyny, and that total disgusting waste of space Occupy our White House instead. You didn't come hard for her at all. And then you had a fucking march 
with pink pussy hats. And you elevated Bernie Sanders again. So don't come at me about sisterhood and solidarity when your answer to it always is an old white man. You are a reason why toxic patriarchy will never let go of its grip on us. And if you say, oh, well, 10 black women support Joe Biden, what's that? We had no choice. You attack Kamala Harris, believe in opinion pieces on her, not fighting with us when we said the media is ignoring her unless it's a hit piece. You pushed out. Castro, you pushed out Booker, you pushed out Gillibrand, you pushed out Beto, you made Amy seem like she was a mean girl. Anybody but the one you thought could fake that funk, which was Liz Warren, you did not go hard for. And that's why I'm worried about the future of politics. But the third reason, because I don't want to say I didn't give three valid reasons, why I never liked Liz Warren, and then I'll get into my fear about political futures, is she was a Republican during one of the worst times, social upheaval-wise, for me. During the AIDS crisis, during living in New York, where there was an uptick in not only crime against people of color or the police treating all of us like we were the same. There were tons of riots for racial injustice back then. People act like this is new. We just didn't have BLM back then. This is not new. We had riots for our civil rights, for rights for the LGBT, for women's rights still. And Liz was happily as a conservative and so they just didn't fit her style anymore. They didn't fit her agenda. And then she strolled over to the Democrats seamlessly, mind you, because people didn't attack her openly on being a Republican for that long, on the Reaganomics of all things, until she decided I wanted to be president. And even then, it wasn't media calling her out. It was black women who she tried to try it out, saying she had a hundred blue checkmark black women who backed her. And let me tell you something about blue checkmark people. They, for the most part, are not all celebrities. Some of them have blocked that influence. Some of them have begged for followers to get that checkmark. And a lot of them have brands to sell, whether it's books, whether it's shows, whether it's whatever they got to sell. And I'm not against somebody's hustle game. But I am against somebody acting like a blue check mark, which is just another popularity marker, is enough to have people sway you instead of actual vetting and looking at a person's record and seeing what's there and what's not. It's a problem we had in 2016. There were too many people willing to be told what to feel about Hillary Clinton instead of doing their due diligence and being informed and vetting her on a real level. And there were people who were unwilling to vet all of these political candidates. And in fact, actual vetting and showing receipts is being called bullying. And you know what? We're not going to do that. 
You are not going to make me feel like I did when I was 19, 20 years old trying to exist in a corporate setting and being told that countering somebody lying on me with a fact is bullying you. That's not going to happen. And I belong to a group of people who support Kamala Harris called the K-Hive. And y'all keep trying to push that angry black woman trope. You keep trying to push that K-Hive is toxic. And like I said, I lurk a lot, especially being sick. Lately, I haven't had the energy to go back and forth on social media like I normally do. But seeing people accuse us of being bullies when there is no hard evidence to that, watching people say things like the K-Hive is toxic when there is no evidence to that is pissing me off to a level that I didn't think was possible. So a level where even when I was at my worst with sinus infection, I had to speak up because I was sick of it. I'm tired of it. Yes, there are people who use the K-Hive uh, hashtag and they put the golden ring that Bianca came in and the balance symbol in their names. You know, I just use the hashtag in my bio. I don't want to draw too much attention because I like letting people show me who they really are in my mentions. I, I really do read what people tweet and I think it freaks people out. But I you I don't want people to follow me and not interact. That doesn't make fucking sense. It's called social media. But you know, you see people's patterns. And yeah, there are people who have chaos that are a bit too touchy within reason. A lot of us have gone through prejudice. A lot of us have gone through bigotry and open hatred for the last few years, especially since we were Clinton supporters. And they are quick to cancel people. And there have been a lot of infights between my friends that I stay the fuck out of. And I warned you guys a few months back, do not pull me into your petty back and forth. I will follow who I want. I will unfollow and block who I want. Nobody tells me how to do social media. But other than that, other than the few fights here and there, the K-Hive's main function has been anytime somebody puts that truancy lie out there, the lie that Kamala denied services to a transgender inmate, any kind of lie on her prosecutorial record, her social record, her record as um, senator is involved, that's when we come with facts. And the problem I see is that a lot of people back where wanted our work and our fight for them. And when we didn't do that, they completely turned up the Miss Anne racism on us. Talking about Kamala would just be symbolic. She's not qualified. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me right now? But that's the problem. People want flash. They are leery of people who actually put in the hard work, who actually do the coalition because it makes them feel meager. It's like I said in my writings about true equality. It's a mirror to people who don't want to make effort in their life. It's a mirror to people who don't want to put in the work to be better. They would rather support somebody who fucking lies for clout and does stunts instead of actual work. What? 
Oh my goodness. I swear, it feels like anytime I broadcast, or whether it's doing this podcast or my Twitch, the people I love decide they're going to text me. And it's very frustrating at this point because I was up all morning and now all of a sudden, you know, people are just hitting my phone up. I love y'all. Stop texting me. Give me a break. Okay? Anyhow, back to the rant. Because I want to really show you where I'm going with this. Is right now the Republican Party is tainted by Trump. He has his tendrils. So even those who have tried, like Justin Amash, to distance himself from the party and challenge Trump, y'all aren't getting away from this man's stank anytime soon. I'm not naive enough to believe that this is going to be the end of the Republican Party because even never-Trumpers are calling themselves never-Trump Republicans. They don't want to get rid of the party. They're not against the bigotry. They just don't like the loud-ass bullhorn that Trump has made with the bigotry. So the problem with them is they need a better mouthpiece for their party. And this is where my fear that this repeat cycle of getting a Democrat in, getting maybe a good eight years of cleanup, getting things running back again like we had with Clinton, like we had with Obama, getting stuff back to where it's a surplus instead of a deficit, people are going to fall into that apathetic, lazy-ass thinking again when it comes to politics, and the Republicans are going to find that golden candidate. A person without the problematic background of Trump, who looks good, who says things that makes people smile. Maybe they'll find another former actor like Reagan. Maybe they'll find some woman who can parrot the stuff that they want to parrot and sound so sincere while pushing bigoted policies. They're going to find that golden goose, and we are going to have to be vigilant against that. Because once they find that Republican that looks golden, that could be that next Reagan for them, even though for those of us who lived under Reagan and realized how ridiculous it was to elevate that man to hero status like they do and worship him like they do, they're going to find that Republican and they're going to put us in an even worse bind than Trump because that person won't have his baggage. That person will be able to smile right in everybody's faces as they're bleeding us dry, as they're restricting women's rights, as they're putting a, a, a barrier within civil rights and progress. And that's what I fear. And you know why I fear it? Because people don't want substance in politics still. And they don't want real representation. And they don't care how hard the person's worked all their lives towards making actual progress and change, they would rather elevate somebody who really hasn't done the work, who doesn't have the receipts, but will put out a Black Lives Matter hashtag, who will put out a blanket statement without saying the names of the people like Breonna Taylor, Armand Aubrey, George Floyd, without putting out the names of black trans women who have just been murdered, without putting the effort to actually reach out, without camera crews following you, who don't need a hundred white people or a hundred black people sending letters on your behalf, 
Okay? That's my issue. That we are going to come full circle yet again to the same bullshit. And all it's going to take is for the Republicans to either cultivate somebody who can be their version of JFK. Whether it's a John or Jacqueline at this point, And we are going to be in dire straits. Because people don't want to admit that they're okay with bigotry as long as it's not directly hurting them. Now, I know a lot of you watching this, while listening to this will say, Oh, it's not me. I'm really upset, Tim. I'm upset about what's going on. The black people are upset with the bigotry. I, I'm not down with J.K. Rowling and her turfy ass. What can I do? And I said it in a thread, your best bet is to work on yourself. And I know it's hard. That's another problem we humans have. We think our, it's our job to help everybody else and to guide everybody else and be this arbiter and beacon. No, I work. The majority of the work I do towards bigotry is detoxing all the stuff that I used to let slide and used to be okay with and think was funny. I am constantly learning new things. Knowing where my lane is in a conversation, knowing when to step back and amplify somebody else's story, and not centering myself when it comes to somebody else sharing their pain. You know how easy it is to go and read somebody's thread when they're talking about their personal drama and not have to add on your own? And I know some people get nervous when I say that because a lot of you do that to me. I will share pain and trauma and you come into my uh, threads or you come onto my vlog uh, video and then you leave a whole bunch of stuff to unpack. I'm not saying don't do that personally because I know that it helps you out. But I am saying that to a lot of people who read it, it does look like you're trying to play a Prussian Olympics. And it's like... Sometimes it's okay to just read somebody's words. You don't even have to retweet or amplify. I just want what I'm saying to get through to you. But if you have to share what you went through, fine. That's what social media is about. It's about interactions. But I'm just saying that I do notice a pattern on who does that and why you need to do that. It's the same people who also have to, when they get mad, say, I'm not me, I'm white, and I, I'm for Kamala Harris, or I'm white, and I voted them all the time, and I, Black Lives Matter to me, but I still don't think she's qualified enough. But I'll support her anyway, because we need black people. It's the same thing that's going on in Kentucky, and it's not my lane, because I'm not voting in Kentucky. But all of a sudden, you're jumping from a woman who worked her ass off against Mitch McConnell by herself, total grassroots campaign. Some black man gets into the race who may or may not be like a justice dem. You know, I haven't fully vetted the situation. All I know is that he disappears out of nowhere and now you're canceling Amy McGrath's run. And it's like you're not going to beat Mitch McConnell with an unknown as it is. But with an unknown just because he has black skin instead of fully vetting him makes me leery for politics future. Because like I said, it all comes together that there are still too many Americans 
who don't want to vet, who don't want to do the legwork, and just want to see a politician that can look the part, not be the part. That's how we got Trump, y'all. And that's how we're going to continue this horrible cycle of cleaning up Republicans' mess with Democrats, getting lazy, apathetic, oh, you know, Democrats are doing a good enough job, I don't have to pay attention to politics anymore, and then a Republican gets in, fucks shit up again, and we're back to that same cycle. All I wanted in these last four years was for people to fucking open their eyes to not being apathetic, not giving in to the rope-a-dopes, not being swayed by buzzwords and viral and all this other stupid fluff things. And y'all just keep continuously disappointing me in that area. And I want you, if you're listening to this, to not feel attacked or defensive, but to just think about ways that you give in to buy into something without vetting it. Do you share news stories? on social media without making sure that they're verified? Do you jump on that hashtag bandwagon without knowing what you're hashtagging? Work on yourself and keep your eyes open and utilize the technology that you use to get on and agree with people or share things about yourself on social media and study There is no reason why we have all this technology and people are still willing to be not only socially ignorant, but technologically ignorant. There's just no reason. And if we keep this up, we are just going to keep going full circle in this shitty cycle of having things fucked up. Getting politicians in there, getting the work done to get us away from the being fucked over, and then... Putting bad people back into place. Please, people. Utilize this wake-up call that we had with the Trump administration. And do better. And start with yourself. Because you can't help anybody else if you're not willing to self-reflect and be better. Alright, it is the 30-minute mark. I know I could go a bit longer with this. But as you can hear, I am still not fully healed yet. And I... Do not want to push myself to where I can't talk. I also have a writer's um, meeting coming up in a little bit. You know, I have an editor working on Axiom with me to get it launched. I'm excited about that. I'm also going to hopefully get back to my Twitch plays of Dragon's Age Inquisition. Unfortunately, I do not have the capture card set up for... um, my Switch play, so unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to stream out of armor just yet. I really want to, but I do not have the funds right now to waste on that. And no, this is not for you to donate. I am grateful for you who subscribe as it is. I will get to where I need to get to with my Twitch platform eventually. Taking care of my bills is more important. Plus, I just put in for the anniversary gift that I wanted to get for Axiom. You know, we're going to be together um, six years in August. 
And the thing that I wanted to get him, I had saved for it, and I was finally able to get it and have it shipped to the house. So I'm excited about that. It makes me kind of tear up because I'm just happy. And I know hearing me, you know, sound like I'm about to cry doesn't make sense, but I'm in a good place, and I want to continue to be at a good place. So I just... I'm going to keep doing things in increments. So, yes, I, I'm, I want to get back to where I'm doing at least once a week podcast, you know, and hopefully get back to where I'm on the Snatch and Edges podcast when I feel like I can sit for an hour and a half or two hours and, and not, you know, mentally deteriorate from it. And I'm definitely going to start posting more drawings online, too, so I can get more comfortable showing my artwork with people. There's a lot coming, y'all. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for your continuous support on and offline. And I will talk to you again soon.